1: everybody, CBC Wisdom Hour number 25, I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Yeah, it's Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. This is take two, by the way.
2: <laughs> you were just pretending for six minutes that we were actually on
1: the air when we weren't. It seemed like six minutes, but it was actually only two minutes. Well, it was a good rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got a do-over. Much like for
2: the gigs, listeners, you know, you rehearse, so.
1: Yeah, that's Podcast, true.
2: we were rehearsing.
1: Right. But you can't go live and then be like, oh, we're not live. Yeah, it's interesting. And I was, I started this whole thing by talking about the technical problems that I had, not realizing that that was also a technical problem that I had that I I wasn't even aware of. Yes, that I didn't hear record. I didn't hear record. Yeah, we're here now. So uh, we're live on Coverband central page now over 90,000 people on there dude wow it's 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 almost 100 we're almost at six figures and i'm sharing it to the group now the group has 34,000 plus people in it yeah that's killer and we got hopefully some people coming in and listening from the group because i did a live earlier a live uh facebook live video broadcast and talked about some nonsense and wished a happy birthday to one of our stars in the group David Cook and, happy birthday David Cook yes and um talked about some stuff that happened last night and promoted the podcast and people were like yes the podcast yes, is the back. wisdom is here people like it people like it um all, from all over the world. We got some friends in Australia we heard.
2: Crikey's mate absorb the wisdom. <laughs>
1: yes. They especially like Tony. <laughs> and who, they must have very good taste. Right. Of course they do. They're from Australia. So and,
2: what's cooking there, uh, Mr. Wichell?
1: Well, for one thing, I'm in a different room than I was. And I don't know if you're hearing it, but I hear it. There's, it's a very echoey room. So I'm probably getting some natural reverb in my uh, voice. I don't know. Can you tell? Good
2: utilization of natural acoustics. Yeah. Lesson
1: number one. And I first avoided it because I was like, no, I wanted to have more control over the sound. But then I was like, this is probably the best setup for me here. And... uh, Yeah, it sounds great. It doesn't sound like you're in a a warehouse. um, It's good, because I'm not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right but no would know now would they all right so i was hoping that somebody would comment so we know they're listening and of course it's alec who is the rock star of cover Band central
2: rock star alec CBC.
1: yeah he is the main moderator and i also have kimberly mueller which i don't know if i told you added her as a moderator and she, she's i did tell you because she's there she says hello welcome Kimba. And Chonk is in the house. Chonk loves the podcast. He also loves building websites and nice. playing guitar. I did a, um, I did a live last week on Friday, and I, I went in, in and uh, tried to get people to do a Facebook live from their gig from that night. And Chonk was uh, uh, um, psyched to do it. Set up his camera or his phone and uh, did a Facebook live, and you could hear the band. sounded great. It was a good view of it and uh, he got himself uh, a few thousand views from that so uh, are you saying Chock or chunk chunk, chunk c h o n k chunk that's chunk his, That's his nickname yeah
2: like chunk 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 chunk
1: yeah. chunk yeah yeah he's a guitar player so maybe that's where that comes from i never asked him that maybe like he that. told me that yeah and he's the he's the uh the one that's building the website and uh it's still been waiting on me but We gotta get. We're gonna have to get this together and get it going. Let's
2: go. The wisdom needs to expand.
1: Yeah, you know, new moving new place, getting familiar with stuff, setting. Yeah, as the new digs? It's great. I have so much flexibility here. I have so much more space, and so many options to set up the place like I want to. So I've been kind of changing things around here and there, putting this here and the thing. "Mm, Let me put it over here and sit with that for a few days, and then uh, so. Just getting right, getting the right feng shui at the place. That's what I'm looking to do.
2: That's cool, man. Better neighborhood, right? Better neighbors.
1: Yes, all of that nicer area. Oh, so much nicer. I have a dog, so I have this nice area to walk him there. And there's a they're very dog friendly here, and um, it's right by the water too, by the intercoastal waterway, which, by the way, flows from Boston all the way to Texas. And wow, so if you get bored, you can hop in a canoe and have a little adventure with the dog. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a Huck Finn adventure.
2: Talk to y'all later, going to Texas for a week. going to take me a
1: month to get there. I'm wearing an acoustic guitar and a straw hat. <laughs> you can be like Huckleberry Finn. Huck Finn, yeah. Me and my dog. Just You know? You never know.
2: You never know. Um, you know. To go to Boston would be too much paddling, so it'd be a lot easier to go to Texas. Yeah, it's that's, too.
1: that's upstream, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot warmer, too.
1: Indeed. Um, so that's yeah, a
2: short, dude. We got hammered with weather. I, we got another foot of snow coming uh, tomorrow night into Wednesday.
1: Right. So, um, lucky you. You don't. Yeah, man, it's but, been.
2: Uh, I, I like snow, dude. I, I really do.
1: Do you? Yeah, I do. I like it, too, in moderation.
2: Yeah, I don't mind. I, I I welcome the foot of snow. Bring it.
1: All right, work power to you. I'm wearing shorts every day here, so <laughs> I'm wearing shorts too. It's just colder in February. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's colder. So, um, so I figured out the Facebook Live thing that I, that I've been struggling struggling with for months and months back when I was having the cable issue, the internet issue in the old place, and. It was just really now a matter of I, I got an Ethernet cable, so I'm bam, right in, direct into the into the modem, and it was still choppy and slow. So it was just really a matter of uh, finding a tutorial for the program and tweaking um, some stuff in the settings there, and getting. And I have it almost almost a hundred percent where um, where it's not chopping. So um, yeah, no, it sounds good. No, I'm talking about the video, the Facebook Live that I'm doing, not this.
2: Yeah, we don't care about that. I want them to talk about the video, talk about the audio. Oh,
1: okay. They do care because I, I and it's been a big part of... I know. I'm just yeah, teasing you. I know. It's been a big part of my plan for Cover Band Central to have that interaction. And so I want to do, I told them today, I want to start next week scheduling Facebook Lives um, every day, uh, Monday through Friday, and uh, and picking a topic every day. So I thought it might be fun fun to spitball with you, maybe some topics that we could uh that I could come up with that would be interesting for musicians to talk about and interact with, you know, um and uh and have fun with it. And I have to pick if I'm gonna do it every day I gotta pick f- five, you know, twenty for a month. So the more ideas the better. Um and before you, you ask answer that, uh asked where you're located. He's in Jersey. Where in Jersey? Ringwood? Yeah, Ringwood, New Jersey. Yeah, okay. North in the mountains. Yeah. So, um, what do you think? Like top? beer,
2: you know, head for the mountains. Yes. Um,
1: top. So a top one topic I'm going to bring up, and, and I'm going to get people to laugh on this, but it's music stands, and that's it's been a hot, <laughs> hot button topic in the group about. Whether it's cool to use a music stand on stage and it's not cool or have an iPad there, reading the lyrics or reading, but it gets such uh, activity, that debate. Um, So that's one thing I want to go in and talk about and get people talking. So um, Music
2: stands is a good topic, right? Because if you have one of the old (laughs) black, like high school music stands, you know, like the, the heavy duty ones. Uh, everyone like, you know, you used to throw them in the back of your car in the back of the truck and they get beat to shit and they look like garbage, right? So you put up on stage and it looks like you pulled it out of a dumpster. So one thing I would always say is go invest in a can of spray paint, right? And just paint it this way. You know, it's easy. It looks professional. It's good. However, much like John Monica had said, he's not bringing out the phone book of music anymore, you know, because it's just, with technology now right i mean anyone i see with a music stand no one has like the black high school stand no one has the grammar school chrome fold-up stand i know like i'm 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 the user one
1: right now dude for this yeah but you're not
2: gigging with it currently right i mean listen it's nostalgic it's cool looking but i mean come on yeah so everyone i've seen just has you know uh, a, you know, a stand with an, with an iPad on it or a tablet of some sort. You know, I mean, we, even us with the Weisenheimers, we've done the same thing. We went from music stands and paper and all kinds of stuff to now just a stand with, with a tablet on it. You know, and you can control the board from it, too. So it's, you know, it, it's purpose It's one-stop shop. So I, I think the old-school music stand, other than the, the nostalgia fact of it, I mean – think how cool it used to be like when you would see a big band with all the matching music stands with their initials on it and stuff, you know I mean? You don't see anybody with anything like that.
1: Yeah. Um, You don't. And the issue really, the reason it's a hot button issue is um, because people come in, the the people that are detractors will come in and say, you're not looking professional if you're reading lyrics off of an iPad or if you're reading music off of, uh, you know sheet music, or if or if you just have a stand up there in general, and and the argument that these people make is that you should know the song. If you're playing on stage, you should know the song. You should know the words. You should know the music. You should be performing and not reading off of something. So in a way, I'm going to say you know that there is a valid argument there. But it depends but I
2: mean even if you watch videos of professional bands, like I remember seeing like Aerosmith from Japan or something and they had teleprompters on the ground but monitors, you know, I mean they don't have a hokey music stand or a tablet, but they have aids if they need them, you know, if they forget the lyrics or something. But I mean, Yeah, there's you know,
1: yeah, there's an Aerosmith show a video that they play on on one of the stations and there's teleprompters all over the place on that stage wherever Steven Tyler would go there'd be a teleprompter there. Um so so I you know so that's the argument for the for that side in, in defending it. But you know when you're at that level of success, um, you know, you don't have to answer to anybody for one. But No, it's, and it's also it's, a it's, reference. He's not you know yeah, staring down exactly. at the monitor it's,
2: reading the words off it.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's um it's a reference, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I can see where you're say, where somebody was saying you don't want to sit there and watch somebody playing that is just hunched over uh, an iPad and just looking at that and not looking at the crowd and not performing and they're just not... Yeah, and or, I would read that 100%. Or the same thing with lyrics uh, or with reading lyrics. So, yeah. So there's really kind of a value... And it kind of depends on the nature of your gig, too. You know, if, you, if you're like a showy band that has... You have a, a an image and, and a whole shtick that you do and you you're p- putting on a show it's not just playing songs, then yeah, you shouldn't have really that I, I'm talking ab- about at the level of a cover band, not an aerosmith um, but um you know if, if you're in you're playing a wedding, sure, you can have a music stand, of course
2: i mean listen, if you have a catalogue of four thousand songs too, you know you're not playing all of them all the time, right you, you know, and depending what instrument or or, or you know, your level of, of retention, you, you know, you may need it for reference and it may be, you know, a song or two that you're you are reading the whole time. But you just don't want your whole set where, you, like you said, your head's buried in, in a music stand or a tablet. You know, you have to you have to be performing for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's good for a reference, but not for a crutch.
1: Right. So Chong says his band uses iPads attached to mic stands and use iPads just for Set lists via Band Helper and virtual in-ear mixer. Yeah, and I wanted to ask Chonk that too. And I didn't. You guys were using in-ears that night, right? I, I guess you were. You kind of just answered that question because I was looking, watching his video, and there were no monitors that I could see. Yeah, uh, we're
2: we're in-ears all the time now.
1: Yeah. It, well, Chonk uh, too, who, who did this. Uh, yeah, who did the the live the other night, and he controls the lights too, but he doesn't have lyrics on there, um, and. Yeah, Aerosmith wrote the words and so Chong is saying, hey, yeah, but Aerosmith wrote the words and they don't play 40 plus songs a night either. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But they also did a lot but of, they're tr- also 80 years old. Yeah, and they did a lot of drugs. So, um, and yeah, no one bitches about symphonies using music stands, of course. there There's certain jobs where it's, it's, it's understood, it's accepted and, and it's re- almost required sometimes. So it's a thing but it gets people talking and it gets people arguing at each, other, at each other so i think that's a topic to bring up with the group and see what people have to say because we kind of actually we got to the point dude in this group where we had to well uh alec decided we were just like banning conversations about music stands because it was just getting out of control
2: <laughs> it's pissed cuffs
1: it was like yeah people are starting to throw spears with fire <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, so Alec mentioned dress code is another hot-button issue. So, yeah, Alec, I want to bring up all these. When I'm starting to do these scheduled Facebook Lives, I want to bring up all this stuff, the, the hot-button yeah. stuff. Yeah,
2: all, all good important topics, right? I mean, yeah. listen, just to close the music stand gap, when I was an original band and we were touring and stuff, we never had teleprompters, we never had music stands, we never had books of lyrics on the floor, you know what I mean? Like... Everyone knew their parts. Everyone knew the, the songs. We were playing 40 songs a night, you know, um, and not the same 40 every night. And it was just something that I guess you took for granted that there was just, you know, we we had, you know, <clears throat> at rehearsal, you know, uh, the singer would have his, his notebook where he would write ideas down, you know, as he was creating the vocals. But again, to Chonk's point, I think when you're writing original music, you know, and creating the the lyrics and and the content and the story that it tells and you know musically you're you're supporting that and you're creating your own parts you know you you don't need a reference right because uh it's fresh and it's it's you know it's your own creation so it's not very hard to remember but i can remember as a kid see reading an interview with neil pert and he said that uh, at one point you know in like the late 90s uh they brought Red Barchetta back into the setlist, which is one of my all-time favorite Rush songs. And he had to go back and relearn it because he had forgot it. And I said to myself, how could you forget a song that you wrote? But then you look and you say, well, the catalog is, you know, hundreds of songs, right? And you haven't played it in 10 years. Um, you know, you may need to brush up on it and go back over it again. But, you know, I think in the moment when it's created and then the years immediately following that when you're touring that piece of music... It's so ingrained in what you're doing that, you know, you could, no possible way to forget it, but then maybe 50, 60 songs later and, you know, decades of time and life and and wisdom have passed you by and you've gained a different perspective. Uh, You know, you play differently, you think differently. So it's interesting to go back and kind of reacquaint yourself with what you were thinking at that time, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Every... Every situation's going to be different for everybody and Chong just said well guitarists, bassists and drummers need to learn their parts. It's the singer's job to learn the lyrics in my opinion and I agree with that. There's no arguing that. Like if you're in a band and you're playing especially cover bands I think if you're playing once a week or you're playing you know every weekend or just a few times a month or whatever you need to learn the songs, you need to practice them and you need to show up to the gig and know know your parts. It shouldn't be where it's like oh i didn't learn this well enough so i need to read off of a piece of paper so that's yeah. that's on you it's like you, you need to do your homework you need to show up prepared and you need to play it with conviction um and and for, in my case too it's the, it's sort of the same thing even though i play more often um there's songs and and you know it's not everybody does this and even in with people i play with sometimes where they're not doing enough of their homework to where they still they still need to lean on a crutch um, and and I get it I understand it. it's not necessarily a priority for some people but but you know like I'll do like I started singing a couple songs new that that were requests that I'd never sung before so so my singer has the the uh, iPad on stage and in that case it's like okay we got a paid request I'm the only one in this band that that can sing this song and. I don't know the lyrics, so she's gonna pull up the lyrics and I'm gonna read them. Uh, but I, if I'm familiar enough with the song, I don't have to sit there and stare at it. I can still, I can glance at it and then know, and then look straight ahead and know what's, I don't put it right in front of my face, I put it down where it's kind of not in my way. So, you know, in, in that case, it's, it, it, you need it, you know, for for my situation. But if you're just an occasional band and you rehearse, you. You need to know your, you need to know the songs. Yeah,
2: uh, agreed. I mean, listen, if you guys learn, you know, if you learn a song on on Monday at rehearsal and you're going to play it Friday, and you're not comfortable that you know it, then sure, you know, you could put it, you could put a chart up if you have to, or lyrics up, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, and Chong just said something like that. He said, if they need cheat sheet, he, I get it, especially if it's a new song. So yeah, you know, there's that. But I've worked with people too that just don't bother to do their homework.
2: You know, it depends on the level too. Like, I got friends of mine that play on Broadway, and you know, you're reading everything every night, right? And you learn a new show, you're you're reading it. And when those guys travel and get together and they play in side bands, like, um, they might play in like a Billy Joel cover band. When they get to that gig, you know, they they have music, you know, they're they're all reading because, you know. They may have to play 40 Billy Joel songs. And if you're not an expert, you know, and especially for the keyboard player or the bass player, you know, if you have that music in front of you, you can play the song perfectly, you know, as a reference, like you said. Right. Um, so in that respect, you know, I think it's 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 uh it's a very useful tool. But like to your point, you know, if you're playing the same songs every night, you're in a cover band. Yeah, you probably don't want to have, you know, to be relying on that on a regular basis because it does look unprofessional to a point.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the issue too with musicians is that they've worked with other musicians too that are lazy and just don't don't really do their homework. And yeah, they, and they I mean, like try said, to.
2: It all depends on the perspective. Yeah, right? if, if that's the case, you're just too lazy to learn the song. That's a problem. Yeah, but yeah. if you play in so many different bands, that you know the variety and and um, just sheer you know amount of material that you have to know and play, like you'll never be able to stay on top of everything. So in that re- in that respect. Uh, I, I think it's a viable a viable tool to use, right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, the, uh, I, it's because I'm thinking about the now. I'm focused on the people that are lazy. I'm, I'm thinking about you know there was a band I played in Jersey, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was a singer who just didn't bother to learn the lyrics for certain songs. Just didn't practice. He just a great singer, but and he felt like he could just get up by with his talent and not do all the work necessary to know the songs and we just got used to him doing it wrong or screwing stuff up and it was just accepted because there was no way to get this guy to to do what he was needed to do um and you know, sometimes he would ch- use cheat sheets but th- that was back before yeah we wouldn't have music stands on stage for that but i don't know There's there's so many things to talk about with this topic with
2: the... Hey, listen, there's a great saying, it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. Right? So if right. everyone in the band, you know, is okay with that, half-assing it, you know, and no one's laying down the law, so to speak, then so be it, right? But if you're in a situation where you're the only guy with the music stand, four or five of the people are saying to you, like, dude's not gonna fly, you gotta, you know, either... Yeah, yeah you know learn it or you got to move on it's a different conversation you know but if everyone's just like oh he's busy and if you make excuses and it's uh, i guess it's okay you know it's it all depends how you know collectively you want to present yourself back to what you said earlier about dress code you know you want to look like you just rolled out of bed or you want to look like you're there you know the professional musician there to play yeah the difference between casual and sloppy, you know?
1: Yeah. There aren't a lot of cover bands, too, that I see, especially like I would say rock cover bands that I see that put any time or effort into dressing like a band. And I'm not talking about just dressing nice, but look like a band. Look like you all talked to each other before you got dressed.
2: So, yeah, no. I mean, you know. you know, this topic comes up all the time in my band. You know, we always strive. I mean, listen, if you're playing a wedding, yeah, it's tuxedos and girls are going to wear a formal dress or a gown of some sort, you know, something that's not over the top to take away from the bride's day. You're playing, um, you know, a private party. It might be like a country club chic or a country club casual. You know, it's usually like, you know, some dark jeans, a, a black button up shirt. You know, so we have like three or four or five different outfits that will we'll collectively speak about, you know, before the gig. So you just don't show up and look like they said, like no one talks to each other. And this guy's got a checker shirt on. This guy has a t-shirt with a biker chain wallet hanging out of his pocket with work boots, look, look, look like he's to hop out of a tow truck, you know? Mm-hmm. And this guy looks like he just came from work. He's got, you know, khakis and dress shirt on with tie. Like, you know, you have to have some coordination, right? Because you are there to perform and you are there to entertain people, but you want to look professional, you know? And Listen, it can be all t-shirts. You know, it could be all t-shirts and shorts if you're at an outdoor gig in the summer. No one's wearing, you know, full-blown suits and, and looking like, uh, you, you know, like Ricky Ricardo's band. But you, at the same time, like I said, you can't you can't show up and just pull out of your closet whatever's the next thing on the hanger and, and go to the gig.
1: Right. Yeah. Sure Got to put some thought into it for sure. Yeah and Chong just said uh, it all depends on what level you want to take your band if you wear cargo shorts use music stands and forget parts you will only get a certain level pay scale yeah but when agreed. we and he said but when we upgraded to light show dress code and higher production levels our popularity grew as did our pay scale so yeah that's those are those Dude, are just like anything things, right yeah.
2: the more attention you put into something and the care and the details <laughs> It notices, and those are the subtle factors that make you stand out, right? Because you got hundreds of bands, and you have a few that stand out. You know, and why do they stand out? Because of a lot of reasons, right? But it's usually a culmination of a, a bunch of things. It's usually, you know, the quality of the of the of the sound, the quality of their representation of how they're playing the music, the way they look, their showmanship, their interaction with the crowd, how how strong the front man is, the interaction on the stage. You know, there's just so many factors, but. There's definitely, you know, um, key things that separate good from great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's about having a vision to first and having everybody sort of on board. And, uh, yeah, Chong said it's show business. It is show business. I, and one of the first articles I, I wrote when I started this whole CBC thing was, um, was talking about, uh, I think it was the first article I wrote too, talking about, um, you know you're you're the movie screen of the theater in whatever room you're playing so people's attention is going to be focused on you and you should you need to know that and you need to present yourself that way um cuz it is show business even if you're just playing in a corner pub it's the entertainment business you're entertaining people
2: yeah there's no doubt you know i mean i can you know it's funny you say that too because i remember playing back in the late 80s early 90s and we used to bring you know the mega drum set caged, 20 piece double kick stacks of marshals big bass rigs keyboards lights i mean this whole thing entourage four or five guys that are on the road crew with you and like we could be playing i remember we played a bar like a uh, backroom bar in like brooklyn i think it was called the black thorn and, and you know we rolled in with this this giant setup, and the guy was like, you know, dude, this is you know this is not Madison Square Garden like you got to leave say, half that shit outside. We don't have room for it. And it's like, no, we're we're bringing it in and we're playing because this is our show and this is what we do, you know. And right. that's what we did. And we set it all up, and you know we did our thing. And then when it was done, they were like, yeah, it was great. But like you know, I remember the guy was an older guy and we were in our twenties, and he, he was saying like you, you know you you won't be bringing this much stuff around with you when you get older you're definitely going to pare it down because you just won't have the energy to do it anymore and we were like never man never we're always going to bring this is the show you know right. and for a year for 10 years we we brought that out and we never pared it down it always seemed to get bigger you know
1: yeah and, and, and it was that was, just, it was what just, year was that was, it
2: was we didn't know any other way you know
1: what years were, were was that when you were doing that
2: like 90 through 95
1: okay. 2000 you know like
2: late like tail end of the 80s to the tail end of the 90s so there was like okay. a
1: 10-year clip there so call it 90 to 2000 because you know you and I we both grew up you know around the same time in the 80s uh, 70s 80s and you know the 80s was when I sort of came into this whole I'm um, playing bass thing it was 83 is when I started playing bass and that period of time it was all about the look you know in popular music and in rock music you know because it was MTV was two years old and and the the glam metal thing started happening and it was all about the appearance and when you know back then when I was playing in bands original bands mostly I mean we put a a hell of a lot of thought into what we're going to look like what we're going to dress like Um, oh yeah absolutely and then somewhere in you know the 90s when the whole grunge thing hit and then when it sort of became like ah we don't give a shit what we're wearing we're just you know the pearl jam nirvana dress code of just flannel and jeans and shorts and blah blah blah. then from there as far as rock fashion is concerned it's just been kind of muddy it's like there's there's no that i you know i mean who else in rock or has influenced fashion since then any anybody and that, Well, I think, no, I
2: think each decade has, has its own kind of, you know, influence on the fashion, uh, you know, trends and, and in general, right? You know, but that's the rock world and... Yeah,
1: I mean, but that's a factor, too, with how cover bands dress, just how musicians or people in play in public dress um, is, you know, what's going on in popular culture. And, you know, I mean, what? <laughs> you know, what what do you have to, like, what fashion for rock music do you have to look at to come up with something you know really right i mean no it's so diverse
2: i mean like you said you know it all depends on the look right i mean we all seen guys there's certain musicians that are on the scene that you know it's a cover band scene but they have a look about them right they have a certain way that they dress a certain way that they carry themselves they're they're on all the time you know what i mean um you know you could be in a deli on a saturday morning but you look like you're at a show. You know, it's guys just dressed apart all the time. There's, like, no dress down, you know? Right. Um, I remember going to the Nam show for years and seeing guys that were fully decked out. And even, like, guys from Motley Crue, when they had no makeup on, they still had that edgy kind of rock look to them, you know? And I remember seeing other guys that were
1: just, you
2: know, dressed down. They were just, you know, they were just, they looked cool and hip, but they weren't, like, they were on stage, you know?
1: Right. In you know, in New Orleans, there's very few that I see that work on their. As far as rock bands are concerned, no, nobody really. Nobody on Bourbon Street. Nobody works on like, hey, we're going to all dress like this. But there's aren't like R and B and hip hop bands that do. Like there's a band, um, Connection Band, plays a Fat Cats, which is a couple doors down from me. They're like nine, ten people on stage, and they they pick, they have the white dress look and the red dress look and they, they if if it's red they're wearing all red everybody's wearing all red and it looks badass you know it's a great they're a great band for one but having that look on stage of just looking like a band it makes yeah. such a tremendous difference um, and there's, there's a couple other bands where they you know they'll definitely like a dressing in black is always a good way to go I think if you're playing especially if you're playing rock you know just everybody wear black black shirt jeans, whatever, black, wear black and your own style of black and you can't go wrong with that but
2: um yeah but that's like a universal look right like what you're sure. talking about is, is much hipper you know, uh, if everyone's dressed in a color so to speak you know like we would do that with ties or shirts you know if we're playing a wedding or right. you, know, pr- you know something where you gotta get dressed up you can wear a tux you know rather than invest a ton of money in you know three or four different tux jackets you can go you know regular black tux you can go white shirt black shirt red shirt you know different color ties it's uh you know as as long as everyone dresses the same then uh it's cool yeah and it's different you know it's fun so you
1: look like a band
2: yeah absolutely you want to look like like you didn't like i said you want to look like you're a cohesive unit right and you're and you care and you're there because especially people are paying money to come see you you know or they've hired you for an event they
1: they, want to feel like they got their money's worth you know yeah and I would put this on it. it. You have to look like a band if you're not standing on stage. So, in other words, you're just all sort of yes. milling about the the venue, but anybody that's walking around that sees you can tell that you're in the band. Right. You're just blended into
2: the clientele.
1: That's a good way to look at it, too, and say, like, yeah. how should we dress? Well, let's use this criteria as our standard that everybody that's there, if we're off stage, needs to know we're in the band. Hmm. How about that? Yeah, no, it's a good point, you know. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've had it, you know, I, I never really paid attention to whether it's what I'm wearing or whatever. But, I, you know, I've had that so many times where I'm in the venue and I haven't been on stage yet. And somebody says, hey, are you in the band or you look like you're in the band. But it might be because I have long hair. And You it.
2: can even do fun stuff like you can, you, can, you know, use that hairspray uh, <laughs> color that washes out. You could like all have blue hair, pink hair, you know. Yeah. Purple hair.
1: I wouldn't do that for a wedding.
2: Uh eh, maybe. Depends on the venue.
1: Yeah. Depends on the
2: But probably not. Yeah. But for a private party or a backyard party or a bar gig
1: or uh something like that for sure, you know? Right. Barry said, who looks like Twisted sister anymore? And and <laughs> and nobody does. But you know, I was thinking about when I was talking about this about uh, the Molly Ring wallets, and I want to give them a shout out. That's the one of the big cover bands down here that 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 they tour around and uh they play i've told you about that before i believe but they play um you know all 80s music the molly ringwalds and they all dress like a character from the 80s and the bass player his name is phil wang and he's uh he plays at the swamp as well and he's thrown me a lot of work there too so i want to give a special shout out to phil But he dresses like D. Snyder in that band, and I mean, full-on makeup, wig, costume, everything. Every time he has to play, and man, oh man, I if if I was him, I would be like kicking myself that I picked D. Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know, it's funny you say that,
2: dude. Like we played one-time costume party. I mean, many times we played Halloween parties, you know, and we'll always do a theme. So one year we went as all criminals, you know, with the jail outfits. One year we went as an 80s band. Big hair wigs, fake tattoos, all kinds of jewelry, uh, earrings, you know. Um, One time we went as uh, priests, you know. Like it's it's just whatever – you know, it's cool to dress up sometimes like that because then you become almost like an alter ego, you know. Like when we were playing and we were all dressed up in the 80s stuff, like it was just fun. It was funny. You look over and nobody looks the same and they're just all – You know, from that era and and that type of costume. So it's cool. I mean, we played uh, Oktoberfest one time wearing like lederhosen, you know, like the the, the crazy uh, German. That's a cool idea, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Beer Fest outfit, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean,
1: I like the idea. That, yeah, I like the idea of picking a costume that's celebrating whatever time of year it is, even if it's not a holiday or something. Just like, like I said, leader, leader, yeah, exactly.
2: Dude, you can go to like Party City and buy co- any type of costumes, you know what I mean? So, you could be like, sky's the limit. You could all be werewolves. You could all be zombies. You know, you could all be mummies. You that's could all be funny to me. anything, you know, that that's cool. That's, that, that's a hip little shtick thing that you can do year round. That's good. Yeah, no, like whatever's going on. Up.
1: Like, whatever's going on. Like, when the Olympics were going on, you could all dress like luge. Sl-
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it be like bobsled outfits on.
1: Bobsled, yeah, and just pick the the one onesie with the, only the face sticking out. But see, that would be hilarious to me.
2: Yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, you got the idea. So, I mean, you know, you have, have fun with it, right? You not have to be serious all the time. You don't have to be like Joe Rockstar, you know?
1: That's a great idea. I don't, I don't know anybody out there that does that, like, consistently. Just what's, whatever's going on. Like, if it's right now, March. All right, so it's... I, what, what is even going on in the world that you could...
2: But remember, but remember well, St. Patrick's Day, you all dress up like leprechauns, you could dress up like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all
1: green. Um, but um,
2: think back to like when you had the theme bands, like when when uh, Stars was real big in Jersey, right? You had like Amish Outlaws, they were uh-huh. dressed up like, you know, that that they all look like Amish guys. Then you had uh, Overboard was another one, right? There was There was these theme bands that always dressed up. And even if they were out and they weren't playing, they went out in costume. You know,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of them. It was a thing. And still, the nerds was, you know, the biggest. Yeah. Biggest band in Jersey. That was a theme. And, you know, I would love to be the one that would come up with the next idea that's as brilliant as the nerds, because the nerds was based on uh, the revenge of the nerds, the movie. And they all Mm -hmm. dress up like, you know, they did in the movie with the goofy shorts and the goofy shirts and the, the glasses with the tape in the middle. And it just worked right away. And but what makes them successful and this is something we have probably talked about, but it's good to go back over is um, it's not just about how you look, but how you play. And those guys are all excellent musicians and they pick great songs and they're very entertaining. But, they're you know, they go out there with that shtick. That's the, that's them. I mean, that's all they do.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if it was Troublemakers or Hoy Polloi, one of those bands. They used to wear pajamas. It's
1: pajamas. Yeah. Like <laughs> and Pajama Hoy my oh, yeah. boy, would wear pajamas, and they, do, yeah, I remember see, the first time I saw them was at the Cadillac bar in in Hoboken, New Jersey, and they were they were doing every Tuesday night there, and they would just every week just go in there and wear pajamas with the footsies and everything, and they <laughs> yeah, and definitely. and they had this casual uh, state set up too, where they had like beanbag chairs and stuff, when they're just sitting like,
2: yeah, like an armchair, like an Archie Bunker chair, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: which <laughs> to me that's hilarious because that's like. This is how I practice at home, sitting here in my pajamas and on my beanbag chair. So, why don't I just gig. bring this to the stage? Yeah, that's great, that's brilliant. Great. Those guys still play. I don't know if they still wear pajamas, but they still play.
2: Yeah, now Kell us up with them a couple of times. I don't think they're wearing the pajamas anymore.
1: No, okay.
2: Maybe once in a while, but I don't think he's been getting dressed up in footsie pajamas. Not that I know <laughs> of. He may not be telling anybody about it
1: but but the idea and those guys the thing with uh, hoy ploy too is you know they're good musicians you know they're not gonna blow you out of the water but they pick really fun songs and they're just goofy and and having a good time there's no
2: set list he just calls them out or starts playing another song and it's your responsibility to pick up on it
1: yeah it's just like, we don't give a shit. We're just out here jamming. And we're going to get, get paid the same no matter what we do. So here we go. And we're just going to have fun. And and that translates really well, which is why they still play.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So dress code, I mean, dude, it's all over the map, right? It could be anything you want it to be.
1: Chong said he, he once saw a death metal band that played in bunny pajamas.
2: <laughs> That's classic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good um there's that playing a, a Mac sabbath, uh uh max sabbath yeah but like, like look year? at
2: guar or slipknot right i mean there's still yeah, yeah. bands doing it you know kiss was one of the first but there's uh you know there's a lot of you know they're having bands through the years right that that have you know followed that same suit of of makeup and and the same stuff all the time
1: right yeah so it's not a bad. Obviously, it works. It's not a bad idea for cover bands out there. I think it's really smart to find a way, find something to set yourself apart from everyone else. You know, because that's a big thing. Like, what do you play? What songs do you play? What's different about you and your band? Yeah,
2: like if you're in a wedding band,
1: you can't look like King Diamond. <laughs> no, or sing cool like him, right? But
2: I mean, it might be a little scary. Yeah,
1: I, I would hope nobody would sing like him either. God. merciful fate you know i I, people when i was growing up people were like merciful fate, man i'm like i just can't do it man i can't do it with the the the, those vocals they're just killing me the band is obviously good but oh my goodness (laughs) were you ever a big king diamond fan no No.
2: i was not i just remember the look you know you see him on the magazine covers and (laughs) As a kid, you know, he would always be somewhere because of just the look of him, you know?
1: Yeah, that's scary. I mean, it was very... And
2: again, though, right, it gets back to the shtick, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, he was on more magazine covers than a lot of other bands that were way more talented than he was, just because of the whole shtick, you know? Right. But if you have the look, you have a shtick, and you have the talent, you know, and you have the dedication, and you know, you don't tolerate the BS and you, you really care about what you're doing, you're going to be successful.
1: I want to have the million idea, a dollar idea though, of the next thing, like the nerds to, to come up with. That would be just a great theme that will work forever. And So put your thinking cap on and
2: start writing down some ideas.
1: Yeah. That's what I got you for. You give me the <laughs> ideas. I'm
2: the idea man. <laughs> I'm the idea guy. Hey
1: the story guy the idea guy the snow guy but a book yes um so so yeah that's a a great topic to talk about on the facebook lives about dress code see i want to go in and do these facebook lives uh, and just kind of like how i talk to you and just like kind of bring up a topic and then let people talk and and see where it goes um because i've been getting some pretty good engagement with the with the Facebook lives more than the podcast because the podcast right now as far as I know the only people listening are Chunk Kimberly and Alec and Alec hasn't said anything for a while oh we've got Barry too I'm sure people listen and they, they have nothing to say also they're just listening they're enraptured by our hey our which
2: is cool you know you can listen in and it, or you can participate right but if you have yes. ideas you know certainly share them because that's how we all grow as musicians right you can't you can't do it all alone right you always need other people there to to offer different insight and make you think about things maybe you didn't think about before and you know stir the creative juices and get you thinking outside the box you know or maybe think about something differently that you've been holding on to an ideal for a really long time you know and it's like it doesn't hurt to try something different you know or if sure. something you, you pick up on makes you better um try it see what happens
1: yeah, like Chunk said, dress like Jesus for Easter. Have a whole a whole band of Jesuses.
2: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> it could be Jesus and, and the apostles. Jesuses.
1: Be Easter bunnies. You know. It could be G- Cadbury eggs. Jesus. Yeah, it'd be Jesus with Easter bunny ears. How about that? So you have the long white gown. Either a real beard or a fake beard and funny ears.
2: And the name would be The Bejesus, and you do all BG songs.
1: Dude, I like that. I like that. The Bejesus. Here's your million-dollar idea, The Bejesus. See? I knew you would come up with it. <laughs> the Bejesus. <laughs> oh, my God. I could just up like the Simpsons. If too, you can find somebody that sing like Barry Gibb, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> dressed like Jesus. And dressed like <laughs> Jesus. Come on. There's got to be somebody out there. I'm going to put an ad out and say, <laughs> I'm playing a band together. A little bit Jesus. Says, I need somebody who can sing like Barry Gibb and grow a beard. The band members, whatever it does. not You just need that Barry Gibb vocal for, for Jesus. Or how about if you just did it like an octave down saying I'm like Ooh, oh I want to tell you about this too I love when yeah. people pick songs that are you know not in the genre that they perform and they take it and they make it sort of a new thing like a lot of successful bands have done that and th- you remember um, when we first started this you know a few months after we first started this we were talking to Sam from uh, 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 oh god young young ladies uh, handsome young ladies yes and we were so kind of drinks yeah and we were and we were, uh, we were kind of giving him pointers and stuff and yep. he really took it and ran with it so he sent me I want to see if I can play this for you I think I can he's like Clanky
2: Lincoln's too for a while
1: we had Clanky Lincoln's too but Sam Swanson he did this uh, uh, the version of smooth operator by Shade. Which is a great song. And then he did, um, they did a rock version of it. And he sent it to me. And I'm going to see if I can play it. Because if I can play it right here, I want to play it for you and for hey, everybody Hey, did else. you get
2: the link I sent you the other day about the Bohemian Rhapsody
1: with uh, Between the Barrier to Me? Yeah, I didn't listen to it yet. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, man. so I, can, I, I think I can play this. Okay, I can. Check this out. This is awesome. Handsome young ladies doing smooth operators. Yeah, that was handsome young ladies with smooth operator. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. I, and um, they have a video for it too, and that's what he sent me, and that's what I just uh, was watching and playing. And uh, and the video's good. It's entertaining. It's fun. It shows some like on stage. It shows some backstage. Shows some studio stuff. And uh, and I think and Kimberly asked if that was uh the harmonies were live or voice machine, and I'm pretty sure that's a studio. A recording.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, it sounds like a studio recording, but it sounds like it's all live parts, and it sounds good.
1: Yeah, and the, so the harmonies, as as far as uh, I, I know, they were they were done live in the studio. I guess I, I don't think it was a harmonizer or anything, um, although it could have been. But these guys, I mean, we were introduced to them, you know, last year, and they were just kind of starting out and really psyched about the whole idea of doing this. And that, to me, that version of that song could be a hit single. You know that's a great song. It's a great interpretation of the song, taking uh, you know a strong melody and a strong, uh, uh, uh just a strong song, and playing it in the, in a different genre and playing with a little bit of their your own thing, doing what's in your wheelhouse and doing. I mean that I, to me, if you play yeah. that song in a club where there's you know a bunch of girls, I mean, they're gonna dance that, no problem. You know that's that's a winner to me. So I uh, thank you, Sam, for sending that to me. Um, and I'm sure. Sh- yeah. And good job guys. It sounds really, sounds great. Yeah. Um, so, and those guys, by the way, they're called handsome young ladies and they all dress in suits. You know, they wear like a, a black suit with a skinny tie and they all dress like that. So they're going for it. They, they have a, a, a banner up behind their, um, Behind the stage that says their their name and their website right there. So those guys are doing all the right things to try to get themselves to be successful cover band. Because you n- you never know where you can take it, man. You never know. Like the Nerds, they played you know TV shows and and uh, they, you know in Vegas and stuff. They tour. Probably- well, you
2: know what, dude? It also, it also shows that these guys care. You know what I mean? Right. And and they put the time in, right? And it comes through. It's not just thrown together. They don't just show up and play. They rehearse. They They put time and thought into it right and it's it's like i said it's what separates the men from the boys the good from the great you know the putting in the extra time and the details
1: and and the extra care to to make it good you know to make it great yeah and barry said like with that version they made it modern you know so and that's a really good idea to to get ideas for your band for your you know your song selection if you want to go out and do something interesting Go back through Billboard charts from the last twenty years, the last thirty years, and find a song that was a really good hit, a big hit that had a great melody and stuff. But you can modernize it now and take it. You know, it was not in that in the rock genre like "Shot A" wasn't, but it was a very big hit song. So take something like that and make it sound like it was written today. Um, but that's a great idea for for just trying to make your band unique make your band stand out like those i remember like big orange cone um who was one of the biggest bands in in jersey in in the 90s the biggest cover band they played the biggest rooms and they were playing all over the place and they took one of the things that they did that made them successful was they took uh good riddance time of your life uh, by green day which was a hit around the time but a little bit before the time and they just cranked it up to like a almost like a ska version which was that was what was big at the time there was like 311 and sublime and that all that stuff started to hit when big orange cone hit so they yep. made it sort of like that and that's a great idea just taking a song that is a hit and but just bringing it up to today um so I, you know and i hadn't thought of that idea until just now <laughs> Just he million dollar ideas just start flowing, yeah, dude, I think we're onto to something we're we're global, so
2: <laughs> global domination we're, baby we're
1: global wisdom all over the globe, yes, um so all right we're getting close here so you're playing this week, right? you said uh, you're playing Thursday,
2: yeah, I'm playing Thursday night at a place called the Laundromat in Morristown uh five thirty to eight Happy hour crowd. Uh, should be a good time. Do, Early in and out, you know, fun.
1: Did they only take quarters at the at the door when you
2: <laughs> No, but when you walk in it's like this big long hallway and it's washers and dryers on both sides, like all the way. Is it for down, real? The hallway, yeah, till you get to the door. Then you go downstairs and you're in the club. It's pretty cool. Hmm.
1: That's an interesting is so it's a bar, like club bar, blah blah blah.
2: Yeah, it's like a bar, bar grill, nightclub. Um but they do like during the week they do uh 5:30 to 8 and then like a 9 to 11. So they got like a, you know, after work crowd and then they have a a later uh night crowd like, you know, after dinner or if you want to go out like for, you know, but they're not open late. And like I said, uh, you know, t- the after work time slot works great for for us because you get all the people in Morristown and I got a lot of friends that work in Morristown, and, you know, a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people, so uh it's great, you know, you roll out of work Right over to the place, and you know, have a couple of drinks with a bunch of your friends, and you know, you put a hundred people in there, no problem. It's 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 a, it's a fun you know good gig.
1: It's you know,
2: two one hour sets basically.
1: There you go. That's you not, go. that's not bad. Is is does Morristown still have a bunch of places where bands play, or or not so much? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. There's just yeah. dozens of places that have live music. Um, and because the bars are right next to each other, you know, you get a right. lot of foot traffic. It's like a Hoboken type of scene yeah you
1: know? yeah those are the scenes where where bands seem to thrive the most where where you have the foot traffic like bourbon street or like
2: yeah you get uh, the turnover you know people come in for half an hour then they move
1: on yeah yeah um kimberly said that's an awesome time frame for the gigs two two one hour sets
2: <laughs> yeah it's perfect two one hour sets half hour break in between 20 minutes in between because you have time to socialize promote hang out and then uh you know, you get back on, hit it,
1: right, and then you're done. See, I, I, I don't know. That would be short for me. That would be because I'm used to playing so much longer. But be like,
2: well, remember, you got to roll up there about three thirty, right? Right. Playing by five thirty, get set up, sound check, get all the stuff set up, um, and then with you know, if you're done at eight, next band starts at nine. You got to clear the stage in you know thirty minutes. So I'll just bring you know, kick, snare, rack, and a floor. Uh... Ride and two crashes, hi hat. That's it.
1: Hmm. Like a Little cocktail kit. Nice. Yeah, it'd be fun. What's the least amount you've ever brought to a gig? Have you ever had just like kicks, snare, hi hat, one symbol? There
2: was a there, there was a time where I, one time I brought a kick and a snare and a hi hat and a floor tom. I brought no rack, uh, one crash or a crash ride. Um. But typically I'll play like kick snare, 10-12, 16-floor, two crashes, ride, China, hi-hat, cowbell. <laughs> um, you know, that that's, that's the basic kit, right? It's, it's five-piece, you know, 18-inch kick drum, little little kick drum. Right. Um, but since this is more of an ambient gig, I'll probably bring like my 22-inch kick drum wide open, no muffling, like John Bonham style, right? Because even unmiked, it'll be... Big and boomy, and have a ton of punch. And I'll just bring a twelve-inch rack, a fourteen-inch floor, a ride, two crashes, and a hat. That'll be about the minimum because I know I can break that down in fifteen minutes and be out. You know, nice. Yeah, I mean it's great bringing more stuff because it's more fun to play. But you know, in a two-hour time frame with the band right behind you, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you, you want to get in and out. You know,
1: in and out, off and on. That's it. That's it. Give me my money.
2: And small drums, you know, light stuff, it's got a flight of stairs to get down to, to the venue from up, you know, a street level. It's down a flight. So,
1: right.
2: you know, a 10 and a 14 or or, or an 18-inch kick would be ideal. But I'll have to see how I feel. If I feel like lugging, you know, the heavier stuff around. Right. But um, it's also a very, very tiny stage. So cool. the more I think about it, I'll probably just bring small, small drums, right. you know, like a ten ten 10 rack
1: and a 14-floor 18-inch kick. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool man have a good gig um yeah thanks man it'd be fun i will uh look forward to hearing about it next week uh this i'll week, report back yes hopefully we'll be back next week we should be I, the, and the reason we skipped a couple weeks because i was working more playing uh playing i should never say working playing more and uh but this week i was off tonight and tomorrow i'm playing two and wednesday and thursday off for right now on Friday and Saturday, and then back playing Sunday, and then hopefully we'll be back next week, Friday or Saturday. But that wraps up number twenty-five.
2: Yeah, wisdom. Yes. Have a great week, everybody. Yes, have a great
1: week. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for contributing and sharing and, and, and all that. And uh, we'll see you in the group. And uh, got to start at the beginning. But here you go. We'll see you next week.